0: It is bj.show. No, that's not right. It's bjshow.co because it's Brad and John show. And here's a guy that almost seems like, God, it seems like five days since I've talked to him. But that can't be right, can it be?
1: It can be right, and I'm back. We're all back. We're here oh. on Thursday.
0: Hold on a minute. One more time. Say it again.
1: I said, I'm back. We're, we're all back. We're here on Thursday.
0: And uh, we're here. We're here on Thursday. Okay, now, I didn't have your button pressed right. You know, you, you go away for five days and everything you changes. you got to press my
1: buttons, Brad. <laughs> you're known as a, you're a professional button pusher.
0: That's, that's what I do for a living.
1: I mean, ask Shelley Barr. Ask, I push you buttons. Know, ask uh, Egbert. Ask anybody.
0: Remember, if you go back in the 50s, remember they said that the society in the 60s was going to be the push-button society. Remember that? They, no, I don't remember. Well, remember, I wasn't around. I wasn't on Earth till seventy-seven. Well, but if you go back and look at history and stuff like that, you'll see things like in the '60s, it's going to be because it ushered in the whole space age, and you push a button and this happens, and the Jetsons, and you know, and you push a button and and what's the name of the lady who is the maid, the the robot maid? You know who I'm talking about on the Jetsons? Yeah.
1: Uh, you, oh gosh.
0: Were you a big Jetsons fan?
1: Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, we, we, go, we could Google that during the break. Right. Okay. John. Now I'm going to put John in his place here. Put me in my place. Well, I'm going to put him, I'm going to show his priorities here. Okay. Every single day since 2002, right? 2002. 2001. 2001. October of 2001. Every single day, he generates a brand new webpage on johncombest.com. J-O-H-N-C-O-M-B-E-S-T. Johncombest.com. Every single day. Never miss the day, right? Absolutely. I know where this is going. Give it to me, Brad. (laughs) But on this show, you haven't been here in five days. Okay. That's true. So that shows your priorities in life, right?
1: Absolutely. It sure does. (laughs) It sure does. Hey, you know what? We've talked to Egbert about having the capability to actually record some shows ahead of time. Yeah, he said no. And, and so Egbert's <laughs> working on it.
0: Well, he said no. He said no. We're, we're <laughs> okay, doing, well,
1: they, well, that's a hard no. <laughs> we're doing
0: live radio. That's what Egbert hey, said. Hey, it's,
1: it's, better, it's, better be, it, it's better to be punched in the face by the truth then kissed by gentle lies.
0: Yeah, there you go. Now, what we do is we start the show off with John and his site, Johncombest.com, and we give the top three stories that are going on in the state of Missouri. Now, once again, John covers the entire state, and obviously in this side of the state, it's probably a little bit more partial because he's runs into things on a daily basis, knows some of these people who are the newsmakers and has seen them through the years and had interactions with them through the years. But here are the top three Things that are on the plate that either happened today or will happen, or either happened yesterday or will happen today, according to John Combest.
1: That's right. So the first one comes from a decidedly right-wing publication called The Daily Caller. Most folks have probably have read it before. And it's about a proposal from Eric Schmidt and Blaine Lutgemeyer, so our, our junior senator and, our, and one of our congressmen, to stop funding what's a, a U.N. climate change slush fund. So a bunch of countries got together for something called COP 28. You've probably seen headlines about this. This is the infamous place where an airplane froze to the runway where these folks were going to discuss climate change and global warming. But President Biden committed $3 billion of US money to the UN's, one of their climate change funds for developing countries. Now the, the wink to this is that the UN classifies China as a developing country. So the U. So President Biden committed three billion dollars of U.S. money to help China and other developing countries fight climate change. Eric Schmidt and Blaine Lucemeyer are, are proposing legislation to keep any of that money from going to the U.S.
0: Now, it, t- mm-hmm. tell me if I'm wrong. When they're designated to the de- 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 what you call it, developing countries, mm-hmm. yep. doesn't doesn't that give them leeway in the amount of pollution they can put out? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so the but the idea is that. If you have these if you have these
1: developed countries giving money to what used to be called third world countries, and you can't say that anymore because that's racist, but developing countries, uh, they can the idea is that ostensibly they would invest all this money in in researching. And and using more uh, climate friendly,
0: non methane producing, non CO two producing technology. Well, and, and can I can I say something else? You said COP twenty eight where the the planes froze the runway. I mm-hmm. thought I thought COP twenty eight was in Dubai. Yeah, well, it didn't. They didn't freeze there. Remember, there was
1: there were planes that were leaving you know colder countries that that froze to the yeah you talked about this on the air brad right right
0: right. well the crazy thing about it was uh, the thing that always drives me nuts about this here if you got all the on the world economic forum and on the cop 28 all these environmental things you've got all these people who fly in in their corporate jets (laughs) and we're going like if there's something that you know what they do is if you look at like the statistics and if you look at what like a 737 uh, that maybe has 150 people in it you're looking at the carbon footprint it has per person and per person it's relatively low but when you put a corporate jet which sometimes (laughs) will have a pilot co-pilot and maybe three people in it the amount of carbon or the the carbon footprint that it emits is like very 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 high astronomical
1: and and also
0: it was it was in germany that the that the air that the private plane
1: froze to the runway
0: <sighs> Crazy so that stuff. was the
1: irony there. Okay. And Cop is a, is a huge deal. I mean at, at my former company at Bayer, uh you know there's there are dedicated full-time employees that work on Cop and it's a it's a huge monumental thing because Every company wants to go there and talk about what piece they're doing for climate change and how they're the climate change hero. <laughs> it's hard to break through all the noise, but it's it's a huge amount of money and effort spent on this. Isn't it like two weeks long or something like that? Yeah, it's it's a two week it's a two week session. Wow. And if anybody has had the a misfortune of joining LinkedIn, and it could just be the people that I follow and the industry I used to be a part of, but it's a ton of self congratulatory posts about how your company you know that sells widgets is doing its part to reduce uh carbon dioxide and you know it, and using uh better paper and the printers and and better ink to keep to keep uh the the planet from warming so okay, you, everybody
0: everybody g- gives themselves credit you mentioned monsanto slash now bear yep. what, what are some of the other local big companies that would be cop 28 or the cop attendees and can you i mean is anheuser-busch go to that
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Bush would be there. Um, any company of size would be there. I would be surprised if Enterprise Holdings, which has rebranded itself, by the way, as Enterprise Mobility. Really. I'd be surprised if enter yeah Enterprise changed their name. They're they're no longer Enterprise Rent a Car or Enterprise Holdings because they're focused now, Brad, on mobility. <laughs> Well, so that's, not just cars, but you know, you might want
0: to rent a bike. Well, that's like the trucking industry. The trucking industry is no longer the trucking industry. It's the logistics industry. Logistics, is yes. right. Everything <laughs> comes down to logistics. Right. Now. We, and we, it's probably easier to hire somebody for a logistics career than a trucking career. Right, right. You get some, you know, some smart kid come out of college. Hey, buddy, you want to work for XYZ Trucking Company? That's, no. They say, nope. No, but uh, the Smith, <laughs> the, but the Smith uh, Logistics Company said they'd hire me. Oh, I'm going, I'm going to work for the yeah, logistics yeah, company. Better. They're a trucking so that's, company, that's too
1: cop story. The the number two story is there have been a, a bunch of stories the last couple of days of an elected official who, by the way, now Brad, lives in Augusta. I thought Bob Onder lived in Lake St. Louis, yeah, but he moved. I've seen some articles mentioning that he moved to Augusta. Right. So Bob Onder, former state senator from Lake St. Louis, he was also previously a state representative. He's announced that he's officially running for lieutenant governor. So he's been barnstorming the state. I believe he visited seven different cities. So I have stories up from publications, television stations, and newspapers in Hannibal and Kirksville. Uh, he's been to Springfield, St. Louis, Cape Girardeau, talking about his bid for lieutenant governor. So there's there are three to four major candidates, depending on how you look at it running for lieutenant governor, I think Bob Onder comes in as – if not the number one candidate as the number two candidate some would even probably describe him as the front runner in this race really
0: really i mean yeah. but does he have that much statewide uh, cred whatever you want to call it i mean you know he he was uh he was a sta- i know he's a senator he was a state rep as well too wasn't he that's right a state rep from
1: one term i believe and then he was a state senator for eight years so for two terms you know what, what's really interesting now is in the in the republican primaries for these statewide offices you have everyone I shouldn't say everyone. You have candidates in each race that are clamoring for the so-called Trump lane. And, I, and who can be the Trumpiest, so to speak, in these primaries? <laughs> and Bob Ander can make a heck of a case for why he is the strongest Republican candidate. The, the two to three major candidates he's running against there are House Speaker Dean Plocker. He's running against the state senator from the Sykeston area named Holly Rader. And then he's also running against our Franklin County clerk, Tim Baker. Um, who's also running for lieutenant governor? I know Tim Baker. Yeah, so he's running for lieutenant governor, and Brad's longtime, I guess you would say, industry colleague, Paul Barry the third
0: or fourth? Oh God, Paul Barry the third. Which one? I
1: think he's the third.
0: I used to call him Paul Barry the fourth, but I guess he's the third. Anyway, um, <laughs> his claim to fame is he's cousin to Chuck Berry. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, you've told, I learned that from you. Yes. I, I didn't hear that from him. He says that all the I, time. I, you know, I heard
0: that you from you. You know, Chuck Berry was my cousin. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, then there should be a lot of
1: events at the Duck Room. If I you, would hope. If maybe, want... maybe not. And then the the number three story today is something that Brad has been on the cutting edge of, that this show has been on the cutting edge of. And it's the top story on SCL Today. If you go to scltoday.com, the Post-Dispatch website. And it is that more statewide Republican committees are considering the so-called vetting process to decide who can run as a Republican and who can't in
0: 2024. John, I have a real yep. problem with that. You and I've talked about that. And what he's specifically saying is if like, it's It started in Franklin County. Is that where it started? There, well, it
1: started in, it, I, I think, simultaneously. I think Vernon County in the southwest part of the state. A couple counties got together and decided essentially to do it at the same time.
0: Essentially what it comes down to is if you wake up one morning, let's say you live in St. Charles County, and you wake up one morning and you go like, I don't like the way things are going. I'm going to run for state rep. There's there the guy who is, who is uh, currently the state rep. He's termed out, so it's going to be me and a bunch of other newbies who are going to run for this thing. He can go and do, uh, go down to Jefferson City, put his name in the ballot and hold it. What they're trying to do is they're trying to make it so to the point where you would have to be uh, uh, approved by the committee of that county, correct? Uh, to, That's exactly
1: right. To yep. the, the, every county has a what's called a Republican and a Democrat Central Committee, so Republicans want to have it so that the committee has to give you their stamp of approval to, to even run as a Republican.
0: But couldn't you just jump in your car and go down to Jefferson City and, and, and fill out the forms and be on the ballot? So that's that's the point, Brad, is that is that the Missouri Republican Party
1: says there's no way that this will pass legal muster, that that it will immediately be be (laughs) there will be litigation around it. But, you know, I think it's important that I kind of like the idea of the county just to be a contrarian, Brad, I love the idea of the county committee saying we're going to make a bunch of noise. And remind people that we're here and we exist and we, you know, we're real-life human beings. Nobody was talking about the Franklin County Republican Central Committee a year ago. And now at least some people
0: are talking about them. Well, they could do other things to pay attention to themselves. <laughs> they, sure they, could. Could, they could say things like, like, hey, uh, if you don't have a pickup truck, you can't live in Franklin County. You know, people go, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. And so <clears> – <throat> You know, what we've seen over the years is a decline in the party committees. In the 1990s, if you wanted to run for state representative, you pretty much had to go to the Politburo in your county and ask for their blessing and kiss whatever rings you needed to. And today, as parties have become less relevant, as party structures have become less relevant, you need you need less and less of that. See, so the parties are going to do – the party committees are really going to do anything they can
0: to to flex a little bit. Here's the interesting thing. And I'm not the political expert that you are, John. I mean, you live, breathe, and eat this stuff yep. every day. Okay, I'm—I don't want to say I'm like in the the swimming pool. I'm like maybe in the waiting pool of politics. Okay. Yeah. Because of the fact that you know it's not what my main business is, but. I'm exposed to it because of the fact that I know a lot of people who are, you know, politicians. Uh, When it comes around election time, we have, you know, these people that come and want to be on the radio station, want to buy advertising time and stuff like that. Okay. Having said that, I think the thing that bothers me about this whole situation is what you just said. And this is the reason why you have two people one person who's sort of fallen out of the spotlight and the other person who's like a blaring part of the spotlight is Donald Trump and Eric Greitens and the reason they took so much grief and the case of Donald Trump still taking so much grief is because he didn't ask anybody and same thing with Eric Greitens, he didn't ask anybody if he could run in the case of Greitens governor, in the case of Trump president. He just said, I'm going to run for office and once again, if you track most politicians, they start out Usually, like in a the city, they're on the city council or the school board or something like that, and they run for. Then they run for maybe yes. mayor of the city, and then they move up to a state rep, and then they become like a a, a state senator, and then maybe they run for U.S. Congress and then or maybe more
1: state auditor or right, something right wrong. right right yeah. right
0: i mean and, and look at it for a while i mean like there was a, p- a period of time in the state of missouri when the eric Greitens thing happened he left office every and remember everybody switched offices every yep. single Position in the state, the governor, lieutenant governor, the uh, treasurer, the secretary of state, every single one of them. You're exactly right. Was not elected to that position because they all moved around. Parsons became the governor, and 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 then Kehoe became the lieutenant governor. Correct? Wasn't that? That's right. Okay, and then Eric Schmidt, who was the treasurer, wasn't he the treasurer? He was the treasurer, and he moved yeah. over to be secretary of state and attorney <laughs> general. Oh uh, yeah, or attorney general, attorney general. And I'm going like, what is this? We've got a whole. The, you know the top five, you know people in the state government were not elected by us They were you know, they just all moved around and once that, again sure. now
1: w- you bring up a great point Brad Which is that if you were a, a young Republican Young as in quotes there in the 80s and 90s or even 2000s and you moved up the ladder and you were told This is the system you 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 work your booty off As a party committee person and you do all the right things and you follow all the right rules, if you bought into that system, you're outraged right now that somebody can come in from the outside maybe with a little bit of money, maybe with some so-called dark money and run because they're not following the system. So if you're the Jeb Bushes of the world and you think you know the way that the world is supposed to work – And then a Donald Trump comes in, of course, you're going
0: to be mad about it. Right. So I think you can apply that to the party committee structure, too. Well, the whole thing started crazy. Okay, real quick, we have to take a break here in a minute. But explain to me the fascination that everybody in the St. Louis media has with Mark Lamping. Do you know who Mark Lamping is? The Mark from the St. Louis Cardinals? No, no, the 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 guy used to be, isn't it? Mark? What's the? He's the he's the former senator. He lives out. Oh, in, John Lamping. John Lamping. John Lamping. I'm sorry, John Lamping. Okay, explain I, to me the fascination everybody has with John Lamping because he's always on every political talk show. I'll he,
1: give you the 60 second highlights. Okay. John Lamping is popular with St. Louis media because he speaks the truth and he's plain spoken and he's honest and I think he's one of the best political minds in the state period.
0: Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we can talk briefly about him when we come back from break, too. Yeah, let's do that. Because of the fact that, that I, I I turn on a, with this radio show, and here's John Lamping. I turn on yep. this show, and here's John Lamping. And when when I listen to him, he doesn't sound like he's a, you know, an SD, a D meaning disturber, if you know what I'm saying. That's, yeah, exa- exactly. That's yeah. one side of the political uh, spectrum. And on the other side of the political spectrum, he doesn't sound like he's Joe partisan, partisan, partisan. He gives sure. sort of a measured big picture, 30,000 foot kind of view of what's going on with stuff like that. But I'm going like, okay, now what does he do? Is he retired now? No, he, he's, he's been in the investment
1: world for a long time, which is one of the reasons why he can speak so freely and honestly. He's
0: not dependent on the political system for his money. Okay because supposedly wasn't he like in South County isn't that where where he
1: No he he represented the Ladue in town and country area in the
0: Missouri State Senate. Okay because now he's out in Augusta. You know we got him and and he's a neighbor of of Bob Onder now. <laughs> you know? That's right. There we go.
1: We got some great Republican minds out in Franklin County.
0: <laughs> and and you know what? Any money, the Hoffmans are going to buy their houses and they're going to turn them, going to turn them <laughs> into what is Isn't water. that
1: everybody's plan, just buy a little land and get, get bought out?
0: Well, if you know what's going on with that, that's sort of done a 180 because now the Hoffmans are selling <laughs> off a bunch of stuff. But that's a whole other story. Uh, you know, there's a name in Franklin County right now, especially in the Washington area, that if you put the name Hoffman on a business... That business does not do so well anymore. But I'm not trying to say people boycott, but it's one thing when you got money, and it's another thing when you sort of shove it in people's faces. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. (laughs) I hear you. I mean the 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 guys who always fascinate me are the guys you read about who pass away and they lived in a little, you know, 1200 square foot home and never really, you know, caused anybody and any nobody grief. knew they had
1: money. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: And they pass away and they got 30 million dollars in the bank, you know, and it's like, "Wow." Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is the bjshow.com. By the way, you haven't even looked had you.
1: I haven't. Do we have a do we have a page up?
0: Take a look at it. I'm
1: I'm here right now. Okay. I'm loading right now. I'll load it over the break.
0: 721